0: I am Neil deGrasse Tyson, an astrophysicist in this cosmos, and you're listening to Black Tribbles.
1: Yeah. Previously on the Black Tribbles. Back where it all began. The planets that are
2: within our system, Saturn, Jupiter, or Mars. It's our neighborhood. It's mm-hmm. our block. Our yes. neighborhood. Yeah. The, yes. the, they're those called the, planets. Endoplanets. Yes. Planets that are not, there are what? Those endo. Are, endo are, within our system. E N D O. Endo. endo. Endo, yes. So those are called endoplanets. like but endothermic we don't, and exothermic. But we don't use their surnames, so we just call them
1: planets. Right. Yeah. And technically, an exoplanet is still a planet. It's just it's external. outside of our
3: it's system. Mm-hmm. From of our our solar From system. System. our own yeah. system, it has.
1: It doesn't orbit our sun. Go ahead. Isaiah. I didn't mean to. Realize no, no,
3: something. no. It's, it's totally fine. That's pretty much uh, what I have for at least Ross One Twenty Eight B.
2: That needs uh, a new name. It needs a new name right now.
1: Krypton. New Krypton. Ross Twenty Eight B is not cool and
2: enough to, and, for that. And to be that close, because the, right. the other exoplanets that I was reading about are like right. like three thousand something light years away or something like this. This one is that. This
1: one is literally in Bermuda. So yeah, right. <laughs> there's the portal. That's yeah, the just, triangle. It's a portal to this star. It's right. called New Bermuda. The,
3: boom. Can we buy that? You know how you, how about dedicate, say,
1: you dedicate a star dedicate to somebody? <laughs> <laughs> Can we buy that name
2: for that? Bro.
3: Just, just trademark the planet. We want to own that name. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's a pledge copyright copyrighted that. Thank yeah, God. right. <laughs> yeah, We yes. own the name <laughs> of that yo, planet. Yo. Right. yo. Get the Twitter fingers ready. I'm awesome. so is, ready for
1: that. That is the ultimate, is the ultimate destination. Mars is the training ground. Yes. yes. This is boot camp for colony. Colony Boot Camp. Boot colony Boot colony For a new Bermuda It's Mars Dope yeah. Eric's gonna sign himself up For the single Lone space flight Through the black hole The experimental flight Through the black hole And Eric I mean And Glenn And his entire family Is gonna come over To your house Eric To console your wife and kids Be like Oh my god Are you guys okay Don't mind us In these sleeping bags We brought canned goods Are you Alright we're good. Where does he keep the guns? <laughs> <laughs> Just show me where the keys are. I'll figure it out myself. Meanwhile, Eric winds up on New Bermuda. Like, Bang. oh, so like, good. And I can't even tell him. <laughs> <laughs> My stuff was fried on the way over here. Nag you, wormhole.
3: Got this
2: paradise
1: though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you're by yourself.
2: <laughs> I'll make two, right? Well, he R- be all right. He'll make two. He'll make three. He'll make four. He'll <laughs> make. He'll make more. But with wow. what? Mac, it, what's around? It's Well, i find... It depends. It's probably <laughs> people there. It's new to either. <laughs> oh.
3: I'm sure there are humans there. There'll be rock finally walking around.
1: Rock Max. <laughs> 30 years later... Oh, people. What's when goody? technology... <laughs> what's goody i stone babies. <laughs> what's Goody-um-stone? <I'm> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Shrub children. Baby.
1: When... When... When 30 years later... When technology has finally advanced <laughs> to the point that a recon mission can be launched successfully with communications arrays remaining intact the entire trip. They get to New Bermuda they're like, dang, it's actually really nice out here. It's a little weird that these rocks and trees and whatnot is just walking around looking sentient. Like people, why they got beards? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is your Black triple.
3: Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a number, both prime and divine.
2: United like the Justice League, we unlimited. Five transformed into seven, magnificent amalgamation. Super Saiyan, we ain't playing. One hundred six point five is the radio station. Triple Nation is the name of the tribe, 610-267-215, all around the globe in every area code, online, on air, whatever the mode, days and nights, live or recorded, listeners rewarded, with the rawness. keeping it flawless like a Batman plan, Jedi flips or a Spider-Man handstand, peace to every geek we stand for, from Kronos to the bottom, city of Candor. we about to catch wreck. Turn up your set, black triples on deck Y'all know what time it is Black triples in your area Let's go
1: Special edition of Black Tribbles where we talk about one of my favorite things. It's this very special edition of Space Heads Go! Woo-hoo. That's right, your annual look into planetary explanation. Explanation? Planetary exploration, space travel, and all the things that go along with it. We've got a great show in store for you tonight. We've got some guests in studio, we've got some visual prompts. It's gonna be dope. But first things first. My name is Kennedy, also known as that Mikey chick, better known as the Storm Triple Crack Boom. Coming to you live from the two one five, and I'm joined in studio by,
2: Yo, what's up? How about your boy? This is Len, A.K.A. the Bat Tribble.
4: And last but certainly not least, I have the Amazon Pixie herself, is your girl Ariel, the Amalgam Triple, A.K.A. Uncanny Triple, A.K.A. Bruce Leroy Triple. Show oh, up in the building. Hi, you made it. I made. I feel
1: it. like I haven't seen you in a month of hours. Well,
4: that's not true. I, I saw know. you yesterday. I, I, or today.
1: Today. I know. I was being facetious. Just go right. with it. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've got uh, our intern Dante rocking it out on YouTube Live doing all the things for us. Master Triple is racing to the studio as we speak. Super Saiyan Triple could not make it because he's got, you know, grown folk things to take care of. Aren't sweet little babies growing up. But that's okay because like I said, we've got guests. We've got Philly's own very own did you know we have our own moon men what we're own moon men we have got two dedicated individuals who love the moon and we just happen to have them in studio here tonight oh my goodness this is going to be amazing introduce yourselves
5: it's great to be here um one of the telescope brothers of philadelphia brendan
6: hi i'm bill I'm an optical engineer. I love riding my bike around the city, and I am one of the Philly Moonmen. Yeah, t- Telescope Brothers. I like what you did that-
1: with that, Brendan. That was awesome. Good stuff. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Philly Moonmen. <laughs> Philly Moonmen. Oh yes, we're gonna have a heck of a good show tonight. But before we get into the nittiest of the grittiest of Spaceheads 2019, we've got some news. We have got some topics in the news to address, don't we, Len? Oh, just a couple, just a couple of things
2: we want to uh, just. Hit up that have, have happened uh, recently this week. Um, a few, you know, in this world, this geeky world that we live in, a few big movie trailers hit this week. I don't know if everybody saw them. Um, uh, Ariel, were you able to take a look at the trailer, or even the Moon Man? Maybe Just t- take a look at the trailer for Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. I was. What did you think of that? The new film starring Gal Gadot. Um, Gadot, excuse me. Gadot,
4: is, Gadot. is it Gadot?
2: Yeah, she said Gadot. She actually said Gadot, so she said it. That's where I'm going with.
4: Okay. Um. Yeah, I did see it. I am excited for it. Um. I, th- I think. I'm a little bit disappointed because just the way that the first Wonder Woman ended with her. Defeat of Aries. right? Aries, right? Yeah. 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 I was like, I was like, am I talking Roman or Greek
1: gods? <laughs> Right. It's like Aries or Mars, Mars right? It's like, wait a minute.
4: Yeah. So it, I thought that would be like the perfect time to have Nubia step on, like, step in and be like, "Yo, you hey, killed y- my dad."
2: All y'all people just want to see Nubia. Yes, so I want to see
4: Nubius. like you do it. That's the whole thing. With if I just want to read a Wonder Woman story, there are many Wonder Woman stories to see. I don't have to pay twenty dollars to go to the movies. <laughs> Like you know what I mean? Like I own a comic book store. I okay. can just oh, I can read it and you flex. And, and there's like you know 40 years of history or whatever 40 whatever how, however long right, right. Um, so yeah, so when when you go to the movies, because for me the movies are never going to be canon. The movies are their own thing. So when I go to the movies, I want to see my fantasies come to life, and I want to see Nubia. And I just thought that was like the that would have been the perfect like segue for her like it, it, that she would be like who's this chick that thought she was whatever whatever and then for them to kind of have that battle and realize it's like you know they are equal she is also the Wonder Woman and I just think I just thought that would have been dope so I'm, I had that in my dream of dreams
1: that sounds like my show that yeah, I yeah and
4: I, I'm, a, I'm allowed to have that that's um, so, fine so I am just disappointed because it's not what I wanted but it does look really it looks really cool you know a lot of um like, it seems like her signature thing is she does a lot of floor work. Like, right. we had those signatures. We're like, slide. We're just going to slide everywhere. Yeah. And so We're she... going to
1: slide everywhere, but my skirt's not going to move. Well, that's
4: called movie magic.
1: I got another yeah. word for it. It starts with B and ends with it.
4: I had it from the B. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what it was. But, yeah, so I, so I, I think the fight scenes are going to be awesome. I mean of all the DC like live action films Wonder Woman is still at the top for me you know mm-hmm. second is probably Aquaman and then the rest I could do or not you know not really have in the uh pantheon and would be fine Right? you know what i right. mean um yeah so i so i'm i'm excited for it i think it's going to be good stuff um but at DC what universe Tom, who owns them
2: Tom, Warner Brothers Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers
4: whoever if you're listening Nubia. Okay, okay. If and like, if you want Black Panther success, yeah, right. Nubia.
2: I hear you. I hear you. Another triple has stepped into the building. You already know who
3: I am—the man, the myth, the, lit, the legend, the myth, the man. I don't gotta check my hand and know what time it is. You love it. I like it. Is and if it if you, if it's all good, then it's all right. Now say my name like I'm Mr. Thursday.
1: Night
3: in the building. <laughs> How you feeling? <laughs>
2: Uh, what's up? What's man? up? I'm chilling. How you feel, man? What's good? What's up? Triple. We're talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Were you able to check that trailer?
3: I did see it. what you think? I wasn't wild.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not Wonder Woman anymore. It's like shy ate woman. Yeah, I was <laughs>
3: like I, I, I wasn't wild. And then it was like, I, oh, like it's a throwback. Like remember Captain Marvel did that? And then it was like, but it's all shiny and bright. And I'm like, well, eh, it's like the 80s. I don't think that was the 80s. Yeah, that the, was the, the, 80s. The, the 80s was very neon. It was very electric. It was very big in terms of hair and things. I didn't notice her with big hair. If she had big hair, that would have been like a really good nod. But I didn't peep I don't know that. if the 80s was but big yeah. hair. The 70s it, was big hair.
1: Okay. The 80s was
3: pretty so big, too. So I can show you parts in Pennsylvania where they still got big hair. So I know <laughs> well, it was definitely well, yeah. popping in the
2: 80s. I know. Um, right, so, so you weren't... So go ahead. You weren't, no,
3: I was not. I was not. It, I saw it and I was like,
2: Yeah, Okay. Yeah. I liked no. it. I liked it. Well, Kennedy, what did you... Th- well... I think we've we've caught it with
1: you, know.
2: you might have thought of it but well, I, I, I gotta know. ask you
1: I just you know uh, I was like a we I was telling you before i the great thing about having years of source material is not needing a film adaptation to see the stories that I want to see, right like if I want a good Wonder Woman story, I've got lots to choose from if i if I want a Nubia story. I've got something to choose from. I can write my own. I don't need to wait for, you know, a studio executive to tell me what an acceptable Wonder Woman narrative is. So great. It's a movie. It's happening. Um, I think it's unimpressive. <laughs> but, you know, who's who who knows? I was also really, really, really uh uh just, I, was, I was skeptical about the first one and went to see it anyway. I was like, I'm, let me let me get out of my bag and just go see this movie because I might actually like it. There's been plenty of movies where I'm like, this is trash, and then have gone to see it and been like, oh, I should have been seeing this. Wonder Woman was not one of those films, so I don't know how this one is going to, to follow suit. I'm, I've, I'm no longer touching the stove. I'm used to the microwave.
2: I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. And I like even the part where she had the lasso on a lightning. bolt? Yo, yo! If if Zeus can throw lightning, she can swing from it. I'm down. I'm down with it. But lightning isn't. I'm down with it. It's if, not. If Zeus can throw lightning in his hand, then Wonder Woman can swing by it. I'm with it.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I can let that slide because I mean, she is she is a god, like essentially. So it's so to to think she can do god things, I'm I I can. You know, it. Uh, what's what's it called? Suspend, suspend. Yeah, suspend B- belief. belief. Yeah. For that, no man. I mean, but so All here's right. the thing, though, because I know you have issues with the casting. Do you think if it was your girl, if it was was Brienne of Tarth,
1: if it was Gwendolyn Christie, if it was Gwendolyn Christie, that first movie would have been completely different. But like, if it was Gwendolyn Christie, still doing the same thing. I'd be extra mad because now you got now you got the big John. Now you got the big John doing doing corny John stuff and that's not acceptable. I would rather no Johns <laughs> than corny Johns. Whatever. It's true. i um, listen, if nothing I am consistent.
2: Brendan Bill, are you either of you Wonder Woman fans?
5: I haven't seen the first one. Uh always a fan of superhero movies as a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last um, DC Universe movie I saw was Suicide Squad, and I didn't think it was uh, too well done, honestly. Um, If you could say uh, Joker is part of the uh, comic book universe, that was a good film. I mean, that's kind of just a generic thing to say, because I think uh, most people who saw that movie enjoyed it. Um, But, you know, I uh, haven't gotten a chance to see it. But I would get a uh, get out there to see Wonder Woman. I mean, Gal Gadot is a beautiful woman, but that doesn't exactly guarantee make you an a, Amazon. A good movie. Yeah. Thank
1: you.
2: What about you,
6: Bill? <laughs> now, uh, let's see. I go way back. I I remember watching uh, the animated Justice League show on Boomerang. Who yeah. knows? Really young. Shout out if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Uh, we yeah. all know what you're talking yes, about.
1: Yes, we are versed.
6: You're in the right place. <laughs> so. She's got an invisible plane, but it doesn't make her invisible. I think I'd still ride in the plane. I I think I still want that plane. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Did you see the
1: movie? I have not. Yeah, except see y'all busy looking at the moon. Yeah, because the moon is ultimately more entertaining than that movie was. Mm. We got people going to the moon.
2: So it, was, it was good and we had another we had other things happen this week as well that's true uh that will be coming out in 2020 ladies and gentlemen there's other movies are going to be coming out uh, I think a black widow movie is coming out in 2020
3: now that trailer actually piqued my interest
2: that looked like any every typical okay let me be fair you like, <laughs> you, like you like the black widow trailer trailer Mac
3: yes because before the fact I was like I have no interest in seeing anything else about Black Widow Uh and then I saw that trailer and you know they make trailers for a living so I'm like oh that looks crazy so yes I want to go see that now
4: did you see the Black Widow trailer uh, uh, Ariel? I don't think so I think I've seen teasers but not a trailer okay but I got to tell you after Endgame I'm tapping out I'm done
2: you're done with Marvel? movies until Black Panther 2
4: I'm going to see Black Panther too when they reboot X-Men. I'm going to see that. But I think, yeah, for the most part, I'm good. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, I don't know what it was. Something about Endgame, like when I watched it and like walked out of the theater, I was like, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I needed from this 20-year mm-hmm. thing. And I can go on with my life now.
2: Unless it's something like totally crazy. Is that, you know? Yeah, I
4: mean, of course, like Black Panther, um, and specifically Ryan Coogler. Because I feel like the same thing with, I feel like the reason Creed 2 did not hit the same level of success that the Creed 1 Creed hit was because of Ryan Coogler was not there. He's like a genius. And I, I want people to just recognize he's a young guy, but every movie that he touches is gold. Whether it has um, like that critical acclaim or not, I mean, I, clearly Black Panther was the, the biggest budget movie he's done. But even if we're talking Fruitvale Station.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, even like those smaller independent films, they are like beautiful films. So I feel like if they ever make the mistake of passing that on to someone else, I'm definitely out. But,
2: oh no, no. Well, they've said he is de- definitively doing Black Panther. Yeah, Girl.
4: so so I'll be there for that. You know, if if A is Ava DuVernay getting on something, or was she for She's DC? Doing...
1: I thought she was doing a DC movie. Uh, now uh... I can't remember. She's doing Birds of Prey. No, she's not doing. No, poetry, she's
4: doing
2: New Gods.
4: Uh So I'll about. be there for that. But yeah, other than that, I mean, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel tapped out. I feel like this this was a lot of mental twenty years is spi- a lot spiritual energy. You you asked me to like invest in these films and I did it and now I'm done. So, you had me screaming for Peter? Like I'm good. I hear you.
2: I hear you. I, the Black Panther, the Black Widow trailer, I will say, looked like a good trailer, but it looked like, like a fun, like just like all the other Marvel. Drama.
4: Yeah, I and it's kind of over new. Scarlett Johansson too, which I think most people are. And people she's are tapping she's out of made some very poor, poor decisions,
1: and and said some things she, she should have kept her mouth shut on. Yeah, yeah, those were... yeah, that's the really bad decisions
2: that she's made. Um, we also suffered uh, a couple of. Um, pretty um, devastating losses in uh, the science fiction world um, this, this past couple of weeks, uh, specifically in the world of Star Trek, which I know is near and dear. You know, uh, I'm a big Star Trek head, but nobody here is a bigger Star Trek head than uh, Kennedy. Um, first, we lost um, a longtime writer, producer, and editor on Star Trek, on the original series as well as Next Generation and actually wrote an episode of Deep Space Nine. Um, Dorothy Catherine Fontana, better known as DC Fontana, uh, passed away on December 2nd, 2019. Um, She was a story editor on the original Star Trek franchise, went to went on to actually pitch and be a writer on several of their more even famous episodes um including uh i I think uh what's that big one with um joan collins that, that she actually had a hand in part of the rewrite on um uh, I'm drawing a blank like, on the name of that ep- episode, uh, but yeah, she's she's wrote and she wrote on many other things. She wrote on the Six Million Dollar Man, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, um, the Waltons, uh, and actually then came returned to have credits on Deep Space Nine. Um, it's a huge loss in the world of Star Trek, wouldn't you say, Kennedy?
1: Yeah, looking at her episodes, uh, she had a lot to do with the with the fleshing out of Spock's character, yes, and him being half human and and riding the the fence between those two worlds. Uh, she also wrote "Encounter at Farpoint," which you know was a Hugo-nominated episode. It was the first episode of um, Next Generation. Next Generation, and a handful of others. Yeah, I mean, to be a woman science fiction writer is one thing, but then to to write, you know content for television several series over with the span of several decades um, is, is definitely remarkable uh, and her contributions are immeasurable
2: yeah that other ep- episode I was talking about was uh, the city on the edge of forever gotcha um, and then there was another loss that happened that I know touched uh, many hearts not just in the world of science fiction but Hollywood in general
1: yeah, René Aboujeunois It's really uh, tragic. Uh, René Aboujeunois, known best for his work as Odo on Star Trek, but his voice work is probably his biggest claim to fame. I mean, you look at any given animated anything during the late 70s, early to mid 80s, even into the 90s, he had some type of role on it. Um and was just all around a, a good guy. It's just a shame to uh, t- screw you, cancer. You know what I mean? Like freaking cancer.
2: Yeah. Um, I first was introduced to him on the old 1970s TV series Benson. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to crack up on him. And actually, when I was int- he placed like a like a stuffed shirt on that show. So when he was on Deep Space Nine, and he was this like real quiet, meditative. You know, cop. I was like, Mm -hmm.
1: "How he going
2: to How he going to do that?" Because I hadn't, I didn't know that he did such extensive voiceover work. Oh yeah. So you know, I kind of like missed his. You learn it, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess that was his voice." but Mm -hmm. I didn't even know. I mean, he was on, he was on GoBots. He
1: was on uh, so much. He was on so many things. So much even did a disney movie he was uh the chef in the little mermaid yeah um what yeah, yeah. okay sang the song and everything in fact the first time i even saw renee abajinois was at a convention back in the 90s when uh deep space nine first came out and uh i had remembered him from his other voice work as well but you know, to see him up there for DS Nine, especially when it was like in its first season or something, they were brand new, mm-hmm. so everybody was still excited and you know excited for them. They were excited, all that stuff, and I was just like, he's not going to want to answer any voice work questions. He's not going to sing, nobody's nothing. Like this is okay. I'm just going to be happy with this. And some kid who was younger than me asked him to sing Le Poisson. He was like, you know, I just thought I would be able to get through one appearance, one convention without having to say Le. So it just goes into the music. I was just like, <gasps> it's just you know what I mean. It, it, I didn't know I needed that until I until I saw it. That was my first time seeing him, and the last time I saw him was at Mission New York for the 15th anniversary. He was on the DS9 panel, and it's just like when people, you know, have have a huge body of work, especially something that rivals his, you get comfortable. You think they're gonna be around forever,
2: yeah, and yeah. it's
1: like. Uh, Rene Albojanois has looked old for the past 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize he was at that stage, uh, not only, you know, health-wise, but, you know, age-wise as well. So it's just, it's a long life. Both him and DC Fontana lived long lives. She was yes. 80, he was 79. So it's not like this is anything cut short or, you know, robbed of, of time to, con- to, to add to the greatness. Um, yeah, it's just sad yeah. to see it happen. I didn't uh, know. Remember when they rebooted the Looney Tunes show? It's kind of like a, a sitcom. Sitcom. John was hilarious. He was Pepe Le Pew.
2: Oh, Now I gotta watch the show again.
1: I mean, that show's pretty, pretty was, good anyway. It was good. It was really good. Pretty good. Oh, sorry be alright, in
2: a moment. I had to get my professional voice back. <clears> throat> 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 okay, so now um before we dip into space heads, we're gonna call um, call a little bit of an audible, if you don't mind, uh, Kennedy. And we're going to step out of the studio for just a moment, if you will indulge. And uh and the moon Men, you can feel free to come along with us. We are going to go and take a a stroll in Ariel's reading garden. Okay, so let's just let's, let's go with us. Go with us. It's really nice here. i
3: sure we're gonna be welcome.
2: Oh, it's
1: you know, it's nice.
3: Like you can't be showing up early without calling first.
1: I know. Uh, last time we showed up without sending ahead, there was gnomes to deal with.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I think I think Eric handled all the gnomes last time. Thank God you keep I that. <laughs> Thank God you keep that Derringer in your snood. So y'all out here
4: roughing up my garden? <laughs> no.
1: I didn't do they nothing. They out here
4: protecting the garden? You disrespected my garden? <laughs>
3: it wasn't like that per se. <laughs> What had happened was they wasn't receptive of our invitation of an offer and then it was a misunderstanding and those happen sometimes from
0: hmm <laughs> It's <laughs> all good though.
3: That's that's. I don't, I don't got no ill will. I don't know how they feel though.
4: They might feel some type of way. I have to check in with them I'll, I'll let y'all know next week. Um, hi, people. Um, hi, Hi. We're here a little early in the garden because uh, Ariel is feeling a little under the weather. Um, but I did have a book for you this week, and I wanted to make sure um, I was able to bring that to you just in case um, things take a turn. And I have to head out. I've been pretty good. I've only hit to blue my nose once, and I've yet to sneeze. Um, but I'm sure, mm-hmm. it's, I'm sure it's coming. Um, but anyway, so this week, again, uh, uh, coming out of my favorite house, uh, Image, I just love him so much. Um, the book is Lucy Clare Redemption, number one, uh, published uh, December 11, 2019, so it did come out this week. Um, it is a rating of M, so this one is not Ooh. for the children. Uh, a writer and artist uh, on this book is John Upchurch Um, I'm loving John this black man said I'm doing everything he's the writer the artist artist. he did cover A and cover B he said this mine and he's doing everything Uh, Lucy Clare was once a celebrated hero but through a series of sinister events she was slandered and defamed and her children were taken from her but when an old danger reemerges, Lucy will have to take on the mantle of hero once again in order to right the wrongs of her past and above all else Find a way back to her children. Um, I am this. This universe is interesting because it seems like they are in Japan or some some Asian country, but there are a lot of black people. Uh, so it's it's very confusing because there's like they're they're at a diner at one point and it's it's definitely um uh Asian characters and and I'm not sure what language, but. And they don't, they don't reference it. So I'm, I'm excited to see, like, how they're going to build the world out to, so we understand, like, the universe that we're in. Um, but it's really cool. She's basically a werewolf hunter. Um, and she does seem that like she is of Buffy proportions, like she's actually superhumanly strong. And There's a fight scene, and it's it just seems like there's more going on than just she's very well trained. Um, so I'm ex- and there's a, some hinting that this is a, a, a legacy for her family, so I, I, I'm excited to get into the lore of it. Um, you know, uh, werewolves are always greater than vampires, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm really excited to see this play out. And we've got this, um, uh, little light skinned black girl, red bone with red hair, with uh, kinky, coily hair. I don't know, it's just a really cool visual and, again, just kind of showing, like, the uh, diversity, even within blackness, um, to kind of show, you know, all all the combinations and flavors that are out there. So, I don't know, just uh, everything, the imagery, the art is great, the writing's great. Um, You know, we're we're meeting her at a place where she's very down in her life, and so I'm really excited to see her journey as she kind of reclaims and rediscovers who she is and what she's capable of. So, Good people, if, if this sounds like a book that interests you and you want to check it out, um, you have a chance right now. You can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Again, that is blacktribbles at gmail.com. And you just need to have Lucy Claire Redemption in the subject line. And if you are the first person to reach us, this lovely copy that Eric is displaying on the YouTube feed can be yours. Back to you, Len. Nice.
2: It looks it looks cool, it's a very striking image.
4: Yeah, I love the art is amazing. I love it. I love like just the um it's it's dark but it's light at the same time. I don't mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like cuz there's definitely I mean there's there it's a lot of things happening in the woods, so there's a lot of shadow but it's very fun as well. Like it doesn't feel Horror-ish, even okay, though okay. it is kind of kind of touching, you yeah, know, kind world. of horror adjacent. Uh, yeah, I think I I think um, this is going to be a really solid series. Cool.
2: I didn't know that you were team well, werewolf.
6: Over
4: oh, team werewolves vampires. are always better than vampires. I love them. Okay. I have a whole thing like bitten. They used to come on sci-fi. Like I'm always up on the the werewolf stuff, Underworld, and one of my biggest. Um, one of the biggest reasons that I love Underworld is because in Underworld lore, lichens are also immortals. Um, right. Usually in, in um, werewolf lore, they're not actually immortal. Right. Um, I don't know. There. I just love. I love. I love werewolves. It's okay. a thing.
2: Okay, I didn't know that. Cool. Cool to know.
4: All right. Well,
2: thank you. Um, we're going to. Um, uh, leave the garden now return to the
1: confines of leave it
4: respectfully Very leave it respectful. how you leave it how you found it <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just leave the gate open <laughs> it starts to swing closed oh, run back not in. a slam lock <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: slam shut <laughs> it oh, right, right, right. we'll return to the confines of Philly Cam the WPPM 106.5 FM ladies and gentlemen spaceheads, go. We're rocking it out um the phone lines are open, 215-923-WPPM. That's 215 923 We are streaming live and direct on phillycam.org slash listen. You can follow us on all the social medias at Black Tribbles or at uh, Philly Cam or at WPPM-FM. And we're also bringing it to you live on YouTube.com. Just look up Black Tribbles. We're rocking it out. All right. Back to you, K-Bells.
1: Yay. So... To the moon, then. To the moon. To the moon, then. Why are we going back to the moon? That's an excellent question. One, because we can. Two, <laughs> because we're trying to go to Mars. And Mars is really, really far away. So it would help to have a landing point, a, a place of uh, rest, if one would. right? Um so, right over. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Because Mars is a good three to five months away. At, at our furthest distance, I think at the shortest distance, it's about six weeks. Are you correcting me, Bill? Do you know the actual stats?
6: Well, I was just going to say it's it's four days to the moon, so think road trip.
1: Right. Right, exactly. It takes four days to get to the moon. It gives you an opportunity to refuel. It gives you an opportunity to... Um, Switch to a vehicle that has fuel, so if you don't need to refuel or something, they're waiting for you, and a myriad of other benefits to having a landing point between two different places. And since we've been to the moon already, it would only make sense that we go back. So a few years ago, NASA decided that we were going to go back to the moon in an attempt to set up shop to make it easier for folks to get to Mars, and this mission being called Artemis, named after Apollo's twin sister, who also happens to be Goddess of the Moon. Ah.
2: Oh, I thought See, they were fans of Young Justice. A pop.
1: <sighs> it's always one. There's his mission is in three phases. First thing out the gate, right? They're not. Don't laugh at him, Dante. You're only encouraging him. <laughs> So, it wasn't that funny. No, right? We're not going directly to the moon straight thing, straight out of the gate. We haven't been to the moon since the, the 60s, early 70s. So we've got some things to, to revisit there. So as I said, the Artemis fa- uh, mission is in three major phases. Uh, Artemis 1 is happening most recently. Uh, the goal is to have a test flight of the Space Launch System and Orion spacecraft together uh, by 2012, they said no earlier than November of 2012, or 20, 2020 is what they're looking at. Yes, 2012. They're going to go back in time and, <laughs> and set Rem things heist. up. That would be the more astounding feat. Why are we not talking about that? That would be lit. 2020, no earlier than November of 2020 is when we're trying to get back, at least have spacecraft operating spacecraft back to the moon. Uh, November, or rather, 2022 would be the first crewed flight test of the space launch system now no one's landing in 2022 but they are sending people up to give them an idea of basically what the ropes would be in a mission like this okay. the third phase of it being in 2024 we're landing astronauts on the moon the first woman on the moon and this the the first man in the 21st century um just to get us set up for missions to Mars but you can't land on the moon Without knowing things about the moon. Yes. So it helps to have experts like the Philly Moon Men to talk about the moon with us tonight. Uh, they're moonologists? They're moonologists. They are, they are lunar experts. Nice. They're loony. Uh, they're loonies. Oh, how do you feel about that? I'll take uh, it. I want to be a werewolf. Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Man, if, I, if, I, there. if I have my choice, do you want to be a trouble?
1: Like yep. I can do. yeah we've talked about triples we've talked they know about their designations okay. they've got plenty of warning uh, to, to, to figure out what their designation will Can't be They make you a wolf but <laughs> the next best thing all <laughs> right <laughs> of benefit. so Brendan bill I brought you on tonight because you two are the leading experts the telescope brothers the the piece de Renaissance the pieces de recense of Street astronomy. Uh, You all, I met you all a few weeks back in front of Tattoo Moms on South Street. Just had a telescope just up pointed at the moon. I was like, this is dope. Telescopes on South Street? At Tattoo Moms. telescope.
6: The best place on Earth for astronomy. You heard it here. There you go. At Tattoo
1: Moms, really? Okay. So they were posted up. I took a gander in their look hole and saw You're the most so dirty <laughs> on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> yes no no reach around no lube nothing just no dinner just looking in the in I'm the look hole let me see taking a again in the look hole and it was the most glorious rendition of the moon i've ever ever seen but so before we get into your mission and your background and 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 your focus here i i want to give the audience and the triples assembled here uh a, a, an insight some a brief glimpse into the life of a street astronomer. Give us a 30-second pitch.
5: So it really all began on South Street. Um, as Bill, so many things do. So Bill and I both grew up on Long Island. Uh, we Bill was the first one to Philadelphia, and he ended up on South Street. And as you know, South Street is a lot like visiting another planet. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Right. Right, so you know South Street, um, you know lots of street traffic. Um, Bill, his apartment was actually above the TLA, uh, the Theater of Living Arts. So literally outside of his front door, and I thought this was pretty amazing when uh, it came to visit him for the first time. There's already a people line, a line of people lined up right in front of his front door. So seemed kind of natural. um, Take the binoculars, set them out on the sidewalk, and try to get people to look through them. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of it all. I loved it so much that I decided I would join him on South Street. I moved to Philadelphia. Uh, Our apartments were almost no further away than our bedrooms were in the house that we grew up in. Um, Oh, wow. I mean, way further, but... uh, Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) All right. Wow, it's close.
5: Same uh, same street corner of the city, and we had a dedication and a passion to reconnect people to the night sky in a light-polluted city um, and to raise awareness about the universe.
2: Wow. So first of all, first, first of all, I'm, uh, if I'm hearing, so you're Telescope Brothers, you actually are brothers.
6: Bill and I are brothers. Yes.
2: Really? Who's the older?
6: I'm the older brother. You
2: wear it well, my friend.
6: So what? What brought you both to Philly? Um, I gotta say about Philadelphia. I moved here after one wild weekend with a friend who was staying here. It's always that. Yeah, it <laughs> that sounds out. That's one one right.
2: weekend in Philly. <laughs>
6: He, he brought me to South Street. He brought me to Affiliates Thrift. Um, and uh, I, I just got to say, Philadelphia is a city where you can ride your bicycle every day. So it only took me three days to figure out I needed to find a way to live here. Nice. Nice. How long ago was that? That's, that's coming up on three years ago. Okay, cool. Cool. cool,
1: cool neat. So, how much uh, interested you all? Was it, was it as soon as you got to South Street, you were like, boom, the moon? Or were you interested in lunar science, I imagine, before that?
6: Okay, so um, I, I, always, I was always a fan of astronomy, um, You know, my, my life dream. I want to work on the biggest telescopes in the world, so, um, look out as far into the universe as we can see. Um, but for now, I'm in a light-polluted city, so what I'd love to do is to share what we can see uh, with as many people as possible.
3: Cool. Cool cool cool. Now let me ask you cause you I just, uh, the second time I heard you say like light pollution. So with South Street isn't too bright to enjoy like, you know, astronomy. I would think you need to go find a park that's pitch black, no street lights, you know, nothing around to get like the best views.
6: How how well does this work from South Street? Right. Well in cities it's pretty hard to leave the solar system at all. Uh, luckily, we have um, we have the moon, of course, our favorite. Uh, we love sharing views of, of Jupiter, Saturn, sometimes Venus too. And you can see the planets. We have shown people Saturn's rings from South Street. Wow. Which are about a billion miles away.
3: All right. Now, how good of a telescope do I need for that? Can I just get one on Amazon or I need like a hefty, do I need a grant? Piece of glass?
6: Right. Do we need a grant? Do we need to talk to Universal Dribble? Saturn's rings are tough um, you, you can get started with uh, what's called the Dobsonian telescope and and those really don't run you all that much in the scheme of things um, but the moon you can look with binoculars you can look with just about anything and, and see something you've never seen before
1: that's true La- yesterday's moon as it was rising was huge I don't know if anybody got a chance to see it when it when was it, it was a super moon I don't know if it was technically a super moon it was just it was hella close and was hella big and it was yellowy so you almost couldn't yeah I noticed the moon when
3: I was driving out the night I was like yeah. it just popped real quick I was like, Ooh.
1: so fun story master triple and triples at home and at sea and maybe in space who knows um, the final full moon of the decade occurred at 12 12 this 12, 12. morning so on the 12th day of the 12th year in the 12th minute of the first hour I guess was our final it was when the moon was at its fullest for the last time the really? second, yeah. So that's
5: why everybody's been acting crazy past couple days.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a full moon in Gemini, too, so it's like extra,
5: extra. The full moon is definitely a striking view, um, and a fun fact about the full moon is a 99% full moon is half as bright as a 100% full moon. So when the moon is at 100%, it's perfectly aligned with the Earth and the sun, and the light is directed perfectly back at the Earth. So when you do see 100% moon, it really catches your eye, and it's a, it's a striking view. And like you said, when you see it low in the sky, when it's rising, that's when it looks the biggest, because you have um, reference points to mm-hmm. compare it to.
2: OK, man, y'all, y'all, y'all blowing my mind here. Yeah. I'm going all this moon stuff. It's like...
1: and we didn't even talk about the fact that yeah, we're, we're, we're going not back. We're deep yet. We're going back. We go back, baby. Twenty twenty-four. That's four. That's five years from now. Not even. It's less than five years. It's not a lot of time, right? People. People can't pay off houses in five years. That's true. Five years. We're putting a body. We're putting two bodies. Hopefully, more live, living, and not you know dead on the moon. Okay. All right. On the
6: moon. Remember, There's... moon base twenty twenty. better late than never.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, the moon base won't actually happen until looking like they say 2022 2024 ish um but either way that's still tomorrow um i've got a great uh by the way for those of you listening at home has an amazing uh resource of information for you to look up right so if you want a an iconographic or if you'd like a map of the moon you can check that out we happen to have one in studio here courtesy of the philly moon men um, and I'm very glad that you two brought this because specifically, you, you, when, you, when you travel in space, especially when you're looking to set down on a planet or a moon or an asteroid or some object, you're not just hitting an orbit, right? The science becomes super, super critical. Everybody's math needs to be on point. Like if your trajectory is off in the slightest way, that can be tragic. Right, I mean that can be it can make or break the entire mission. So they're specifically choosing to land on the south pole of our moon. Our moon has poles, by the way, Len. I didn't know if you were aware of that. No, I was not. Oh yes, the poles tend to be where the largest collection of, of water ice are located. Not water ice, for the Philadelphians out there. <laughs> oh, water. I'm about to say it's one of them called Rita's. No, 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 no. Oh, because oh, ice doesn't necessarily mean it's hydrogen and oxygen, right? It could be any type of liquid compound that can freeze. ice. Right, exactly. So in this case, this is uh, water, ice, um, which will be immensely beneficial to people when they land on the South Pole.
6: And that to me is just uh, amazing. Uh, We're learning in the past decade or so, uh, water is actually a bit more common in the solar system than we originally thought. When we went to the moon the first time, we didn't know, we, we suspected maybe, but now we have the proof. We have the maps. We know where the water is, and you know, obviously, you can melt that ice and drink it. Right. Um, we're hoping to also separate it into hydrogen and oxygen. The oxygen to breathe. The hydrogen for fuel, maybe.
1: Yeah. So it's just it's just a great great resource the fact that we don't have to bring any of the material well i mean obviously we have to bring something but you need at least need a cup
6: yeah right okay, but a lot I of need. a
1: lot of the substances that we would require to make this a successful mission are already there that means it's less we have to bring that's less we have this less fuel we have to bring with us to propel all these extra materials there so it just it just makes life a little bit easier but what is it aside from there being uh Evidence of, of water, ice in the South Pole. What, in your opinion, makes this the ideal place for this mission to land as opposed to the original Apollo mission?
6: Well, the original Apollo missions, um, the landing sites are really picked in terms of, uh, and they do this a lot for the, the rovers on Mars as well. Uh, they pick, in a sense, the least interesting spots because they want to know they can make a safe landing. Right. Um, for, for Apollo 11, um, we, we had resolution, imagine a boulder the size of this studio, you wouldn't be able to see it until you were a few minutes away from landing. Mm. So they wanted to be very careful, they wanted to pick a very flat spot, and that made it a little boring too in some respects. Now that we're going to the, the South Pole, it's a much more cratered region, so we're ready to take on some of those technological risks. Mm. It makes a lot of
1: sense, because it's like uh, trying to draw a I'm trying to draw a good analogy here. It's like uh, pulling into a parking lot that's already paved, as opposed to one that's mostly gravel. Right? You can get on the one that's well, yeah, gravel. We to cut down all
3: the trees that make a parking lot and make a road. and right. Make a car. <laughs> hey, right. Like, yeah. Because it's like literally like that difficult.
1: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I, I see that. Cool, 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 cool. And on, our, on your map here, our handy-dandy map here, obviously the South Pole is the bottom of the, of the moon, right? But where, Brendan was showing me earlier, where did the Apollo missions land? So
5: Apollo 11, uh, the first uh, moon landing was on the Sea of Tranquility, which I'll point to it here. Okay. Right there. And uh, by the way, this is a reversed image um, picture of the moon, and that's because the telescope that we use on the streets um, flips the image because of a prism that it moves the light up into your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually the map that we take out onto the streets so we can en- engage people further. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only come look at the moon, but maybe you can learn a thing or two about it along the way. Sure. And uh, you know, we also have this three D printed model of the moon. And maybe if you could see it on the camera, one side um, is the side that's always facing us. Right. So there's a near side and a far side. Make um, them guess. So okay, um, one, one, one side is the near side. One side is the far side. So it's that or it's that. Huh. And I guess y- if you look at the map behind me, maybe um, it could be a little bit clearer. But you'll notice that the near side of the moon is smooth, and the far side of the moon is super heavily cratered. Right. Yes. Like it's all it's all messed up back there. Um, there's even a, a crater on the moon, um, the lo- one of the largest in the solar system and the, and the largest crater on the moon. It's called the South Pole-Aitken Basin. This crater is um, deeper than the deepest depths of the Earth, uh, Earth's oceans. Holy so cats. So the, the deepest depth of the Earth's ocean, the Marianas Trench, is 11 kilometers deep. South Pole-Aitken Basin, 13 kilometers. Chew! That's right. And there's even um, peaks on the moon that are taller than Mount Everest. So, the moon might be a quarter of the size, but it's, uh, as, and as you can see in this model, its features are uh, quite
6: exaggerated. Mm. All those people out there that say the moon is a boring rock, we've got a few uh, points otherwise. Yeah.
1: That's interesting because it's not, oh, it's not the only thing in our solar system that is smaller than Earth but has larger features, right? Mars has much bigger canyons and much bigger mountain ranges as well. And Mars is also a fraction of the size. Where's Mars bigger?
5: Mars isn't bigger. Mar- Mars is a smaller planet, yeah. but it is home to the tallest mountain in the solar system, Olympus Mons. Uh, I don't have the exact figures, but it's so big that you can see it from Earth.
2: Let's Google Oh, it. wow. Really? We can see this mountain on Mars? With a
5: very powerful telescope, you can see it looks like a blemish on Mars, and that is Olympus Monk. It does. It looks like a huge pimple. Yeah, it's crazy. This looks like acne scarring. That's a shame.
1: That's nuts. Wow. It, yeah, like a nipple. Yeah, I see it. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. a belly button, you know, yeah.
2: depending on your point of view. That's a nipple. I know because I'm
1: drooling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on over Mars. Olympus Mons is bigger than France. Nope. Nobody saw Boomerang? Sorry.
0: Just a real quick question. I was from uh, one of the people in the chat. Everyone, and they were asking, well, what are you guys doing Like in, in the community like for schools? And um, what's your vision for the community to get them to know more about the solar system? I and mean, uh, educating kids, I guess, more about the solar system and the moon itself
5: right so we're doing outreach in philadelphia i mean this is just setting up our telescope on a sidewalk and just trying to get as many passerbys to take a look through now uh when we do this we we meet all kinds of people we've met school teachers who have then in return invited us into their classrooms and that's when we had our first opportunity to teach children about the solar system nice and uh Sorry, uh, we we uh, we studied up. We found some uh, good interactive demos. Um, if you take a standard-sized basketball and a tennis ball, you have a scale model of the Earth and the Moon. And then, with just a flashlight, you can you you have the solar system essentially, um, and you can and you can learn about phases. Um, essentially, you are holding the tele- tennis ball above your head, shining a flashlight at it, and then spinning around to. Um, Mimic the moon's rotation around the Earth, which creates the phases of the moon. Um, this is something that we are both passionate about doing. I mean, meeting people on South Street is is just so wonderful. Any any opportunity we get to share this, um, you know, the universe with people is is a really special one. But um, sharing this with children, you know, it's it's different. They they hang on to every word. They they can really get engaged, and they ask. Actually, pretty uh, pretty great questions.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up phases um, and and sizes and sides rather of the moon. For those who, who aren't familiar, the moon that's the side of the moon that's always facing us is always
5: facing us because of how it rotates on its own axis. Yeah, that's right? called a uh, synchronized rotation or tidal locking.
1: Yep. So, so what's happening? What Brendan said. The,
5: <laughs> the moon The moon is orbiting uh, around the Earth. The moon is also rotating on its axis. So it takes the same amount of time, 27.3 days, for the moon to rotate on its axis and to complete an orbit around the, the Earth. So that's why the same side of the moon is always facing the Earth. Mm-hmm. And the gravitational forces at play actually, um, it's, to, cut, to cut to the chase, it's why there is human life on Earth. Right. Um, it, it does a lot for us, it stabilizes our axis, um, and uh, good news—we are going to use it to get to the rest of the solar system. Right? How about that? We've right in right. Our nearest neighbor is our launching pad yeah. to discover, um, you know, the last frontier.
1: So this title, this title, lock, title lock, yeah. title lock. This title lock. Take it's orbit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This title lock um, is is going to be a huge benefit for the Artemis program. And a bit of a hindrance as well, right? We can't just send a craft up and land it on the South Pole, regardless of what side of the moon is facing up us at any given time, right? Because the dark side of the moon... Not only is craterous and the terrain's rough and rocky and all that fun stuff. But that's where the Transformers are. <laughs> it's where the Transformers yeah, are. It's the, the dark side of the moon. Right. <laughs> or, okay, I And it's, I thought. It, okay. The, the Transform optimists and them make it hard for radio signals to get <laughs> to craft as well. So part of the Artemis mission is not only landing on the South Pole, but it's also setting up a relay point, a relay orbiter, as well and as the years leading up to 2024 progress they're going to start adding more things to it so in the way that the space station was built mm-hmm. modularly over time right, right. that's the way this uh, this relay point is going to be built as well so this way we don't have to worry about doing all this extra math of making sure that the dark side of the moon is where we think it is and the radiation and this and 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 and
3: right because that was going to ask that question depending on you know the whole orbit is it harder leaving from the moon because of how it's different versus leaving from Earth, which is, I would imagine, more stationary to get to? Like, if Earth has, like, a near point and a far point from Mars, does the moon have that many more points from Mars in its rotation around us? I imagine... Did I ask that right?
5: Th- there's a few ways you could get to Mars... um, you know the the gravity on the on the moon is a sixth of the gravity on Earth, so it is easier to launch off of the yeah, it's probably what off it is. of the moon. Um, the so you yeah. what what you really do you're not exactly rocketing right from the moon right to Mars like you're not you're not waiting for them to be close. Um, you kind of have to utilize the gravity of the planets to, to get you there. Um, and maybe maybe Bill knows a little bit more about how they. How they use other gravitational forces to propel their their rockets,
3: like when they slingshot them around a the planet or something like that.
5: I, so I can tell you, um, when they landed the Mars rovers, they didn't they d- weren't waiting until Earth and Mars were at at their closest. They launched they launched it. It actually orbited around the sun, and it took about a year to reach Mars. Does that does that, does that sound right? Yeah, slingshot. Yeah, it's the okay. So slingshot. You mm-hmm. could, uh, we we said. Very scientific, <laughs> the slingshot effect, and um, <laughs> and another thing uh, that's not scientific is, you know, the whole the whole difficulty in landing on the far side is. Imagine trying to get a cell signal with an entire moon in between you and right. what you're trying to reach. Mm. So that's why it's so important that we we have the system of I guess essentially satellites mm-hmm. that will be the the points of you know to to get back to the Earth.
1: Right. It also that, that pulls a lot of things technologically into focus, right? If we found some other means of propulsion that would make this easier for us, right? Because I imagine it would be easier just to throw something in an orbit and leave Magnets. it there. You know what I mean? Like, right, mag, the world's giantest magnet... Just, just you know, point it at the moon and pull us closer. Um, so I wanted to 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 mention the, the the materials that are going to be used during the Artemis mission. Because it's not just like okay, we've got these these rockets, we can send things up. And then, do you say what all the phases were yet, or are you going like one by one? Oh, great! Thank you, thank you for keeping me on track. This is why this is why I absolutely... um, the phases of the moon. We I talked about that earlier. Uh or the phases of Artemis.
3: Well, whatever you want to do, take us through both. Because like, they kind
1: of like, they kind of go hand in hand, right? right? right we can't right, we can't left, talk right, about Artemis you know, without okay. knowing the full phases of the moon. So there are f- four four distinct phases, right? Yeah, more or less. Yep. More or less. One of them is. Let me see if I know him. Let me see if I know him before before we get into this. There's a new moon where the moon is still there, but the Earth's in the shadow, so we can't see it, but it's there, right? There's the crescent. There's a full. And then there's a gibbous, and there's, there's there's waning and waxing in there as well.
5: I, I yeah, that's that's correct. And you can also say there's a half moon, which is when the moon is is a half uh, right. circle. I always you can't forget make up the, the half. <laughs> the half circle is actually the best time to look. Um, and you know that's all about uh, where the shadows are falling on the moon. And, I, and maybe when you were on South Street, you noticed the most interesting thing to look at was where the terminator line was. The Terminator is the line that divides night and day. So hmm. that's where you see shadows cascading off of the mountains and off of the craters. And, uh, you know, Galileo was actually able to measure these shadows and figure out how tall the mountains were. Wow. And he got the right answer. Wow. So it's, it's, uh, it's just a great view. They had a, lot of, they had a lot of free time back then, though. Galileo wasn't reading too much. Galileo's telescope actually couldn't even fit the full moon into view. Wow. Um, it, his telescope was actually kind of like looking through a pinhole, so he could only look at about a quarter of the moon at a time. And when you look at his sketches, it's kind of all wonky because he couldn't actually, you know, put it all yeah. together the right way.
1: Sure. Yeah, um, but he did though.
5: Yeah. Yeah, he, he did a great job for he, sure. He was the original G. See
1: <laughs> what so did there, because his name is Galileo, and it starts. I'll be here on it <laughs> 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 with a g so the the phases of the moon um, i wonder how that would play in terms of or at least how much that would play into the the launch schedule
6: right i can't imagine
1: i don't know if might so be, I, maybe might my question i was, was reading this
6: about the apollo missions and i was i was fascinated to find this out um, the launch window, they decided when to launch based on the phase of the moon and they needed the right length of shadows on the moon. because when you're trying to land that when you're trying to land, you need shadows to judge how high you are above the, the ground, right? So if you have a full moon, the sunlight is coming directly down on the surface, you have no shadows. If you have a crescent moon, the sunlight is at a very low angle, so the shadows are so long that you can't see what's behind all of these craters and mountains. So they, they picked actually very close to a half moon mm. for the landing to to balance that and give the astronauts feedback of, of how high they were above the surface.
1: Man. You think after all that There's science lot to go into this. and you just you do all this math to get you up there, right? You gotta do all this math to get you off the ground. All is math to keep you alive while you're in space getting yes. to the moon. And then when you get to the moon, you got to use shadows. Like, land. who?
6: Oh. Right? You it's don't want to get to the moon and, and find out you can't see where the ground is. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah, that that, that would suck. And it's Apollo 13 all over again. We
1: well, yeah, In terms of having to get back with next to nothing. You're listening to
2: WPPMLP, Philadelphia.
1: So to, so to get folks to the moon there are a number of moving parts here. Aside from the brilliant minds and teams of people doing all the maths. All the, math. all the maths. Um, we've got equipment that is necessary as well. And Some of these things are brand new. Uh, some of these things are, you know, renovations on a on a theme, so to speak. Uh, the first one being the exploration ground system. That's basically just a whole new platform to get these rockets off the ground because stuff's a little outdated. And we haven't launched anything from American soil in Quite some time now. All the lock, all the, all the uh, missions to the ISS have been launched from
6: Russia, so it's right. been it's high time we get some stuff. All the humans that we've carried to space, yeah. Um, but that's an interesting thing. We're starting we're starting to see commercial flights. Maybe um, if you, if you've seen SpaceX is is training astronauts. Uh, uh, hopefully their equipment's better
1: than their than their truck.
6: Well, Elon Musk wants to put the Cybertruck on Mars. Not with that glass. I'm nervous about that Cybertruck. I think Elon just wants to be the king of Mars. Yeah, I
1: think so too. I think he's just trying to be a supervillain however way he can. Um, So you need these new uh, ground systems in order to launch the actual hardware into space. Then we've got the space launch system using some of the most powerful rockets in the world. These are called heavy rockets that not only weigh a lot because of the propulsion systems that they need to get us off the ground, but also all the materials and propulsions that the, the modules themselves and the people will need once right. they get off the ground as well.
6: So the Saturn 5, um, I believe, still is the most powerful rocket ever built. When we ramp up Artemis, the SLS will have 50% more thrust than the Saturn 5. <laughs> What's what's the number? Is it hundred million pounds of thrust? Let's see. Let's pull it up.
1: Yeah, it says the SLS will sp- supposed to be like replacing the Saturn V. Um, come on, NASA, make your
3: now. How would these rockets translate to? Because I know this is to get from here to the moon. Now, assuming we're using the same crafts roughly, or the, you know, the same technology, to get to Mars from the moon. How would this thrust be, I guess, magnified on the moon with less atmosphere and
6: one-sixth our gravity? Right. Uh, well, one-sixth the gravity, you need a lot less fuel to um, leave, leave the uh, energy
3: well. So the same ship could go a lot further leaving from the moon as it did when it had, the same ship leaving from Earth could go a lot further when leaving from the moon. Fully fueled, yes.
1: Yeah, fully fueled. I don't think, a lot of these pieces aren't landing. There, there's going to be some, some landers, right? Some rovers and stuff. Right. Some right. people setting down shop, but put widely, they're trying to build the gateway. Oh, so which is. is the thing in the orbit. Right.
6: If you, if you think about it from the Apollo perspective, uh, we, we needed the Saturn V to get to the moon. But the, the lunar module, uh, just the little thing sitting in the nose cone was enough to get back. So that's, that's the comparison of how difficult it is to leave Earth versus the moon.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. So the next piece of equipment we'll need is the Orion, which is the actual capsule that will have the human beings in it. That's a spacecraft that will take four, aust- four astronauts to the gateway in lunar orbit where they will board a human landing system for missions to the surface of the moon. Um, it provides life support. Uh, it's another orbital outpost on early missions and, and acts as like an emergency raft kind of deal If God forbid something happens. Right. Right. We, it's space. right you know, this is always good to have a backup. You never know. You never, know. You never, know. You never know. Anything. <laughs> happen. Uh, then we've got the gateway. The gateway is a lunar outpost around the moon. It's going to serve as, uh, to I suppose means to support human and scientific exploration of the moon. It's a command module, a service module in lunar orbit. Um, and it's also uh, a landing point so that commercial companies can l- send supplies. Right. So this way we don't have to worry about it. all the supplies actually landing on the surface. We can have things to actually transport them from the gateway to the surface and gotcha. back without. It's basically just conservation of, of fuel and propulsion systems. We need a space dumbwaiter. <laughs> so pretty much. just a just a, a line going Ooh. back and forth. Uh, that would actually be kind of, kind of rad. Yeah, I mean, because like the best ideas are
3: the simplest, right. we just got to appropriate it to our needs.
5: Yeah. yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I
3: mean?
1: I'm
5: here for that <laughs> one. I'd hop on that elevator.
1: Yeah, right? Could you imagine that? The views! Yeah, true.
5: Ooh. Not to mention you would see the universe again, um, actually when you get to space you can even see Saturn's rings uh, with the naked eye. So we've heard. So we've heard. That's... Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. Nice. I would geek
1: all the way out. Yeah, true. Like, it's one thing to be an astronaut, right? A a space scientist. But
3: even still, the first time you go out there and see all that for yourself and just, I don't know, like, feel so small, maybe? Yeah. Whatever, you
5: know, it has to be eye-opening, revelating, like, I don't know. Astronaut Michael Collins, um, his phrase when he was in the um, lunar orbiter while Neil and Buzz were down on the moon, he said um, he was, you know, talking to... uh, on earth and he said I've got the world in my window Mm. and recently 50 years later on the anniversary he's bringing back that uh, what he said and talking about how anybody can have the world in their window it's just a matter of perspective you know uh, taking it uh, you can do whatever you put your mind to really positive stuff and I think anyone who gets that view of the earth from space uh, it just forever changes them, and I'd say for the better. I mean, mm-hmm.
2: well, you would hope, yeah. You know, yeah. It's,
5: it's our home. It's uh, it's our planet. We're all sharing it. We share water and the atmosphere, and it's it's what we all have in common. Um, and I think that when you can't see the universe in a light polluted city, sometimes people can forget that we're living in a universe. We're living on a planet, right? Um, you know, and uh, you know, back to uh, these these phases of. Artemis.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's, it's real hard to look at the planet and everything that's on it in its entirety and not have some perspective.
3: I think it would gain, like, you would gain brand new perspective. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, I don't think there's any way you can witness that and not reflect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't think there's anybody who it would not impact, you know, Uh, at, at least somewhat profoundly.
5: Oh. Well, I wish that was so. On that note, Looking out into space can almost elicit the same reaction because when you see the moon for the first time, when you look at Jupiter up close, you know, you're, you're traveling through space, you're, you're traveling, you know, light minutes into space. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, the everyday stresses and struggles of life kind of don't, don't seem the same, right? Because the universe goes on forever. You look at Saturn, it's just a little dot up there. You look closely and see the rings. Like, where are that little dot? Right, right. We're, we're just floating around in space. We are a grain of sand on a thousand beaches, um, and uh, Bring in a little Carl Sagan. About yeah. to
1: say, <laughs> I was gonna let him rock with it. I love a good a good Sagan quote. Yeah,
6: who it, who introduced space to you two? There is a a book I have, and I, I think it's just called. It's hardcover. It's it's this big. I mean, it, it's it's two feet wide. It's just called. Cosmos. Uh, and it, it's not a Carl Sagan thing, but it's just these beautiful, beautiful pictures when uh, the, the Hubble launched and, and we started getting these incredible pictures back of, of what was out there. And it, it just brings you through the, the solar system, out to galaxies, out to clusters of galaxies. Um, so I, I remember my, my parents brought us on, on vacation to Las Vegas and I, I made them take the book with us wow really (laughs) i was three years old we took the book with us that's awesome nice that was checked luggage for me that's how i got into space
1: same for you brendan
6: so my introduction to space was
5: in philadelphia on south street that was the first time i had looked through a pair of optics up into the sky with with your brother with bill yeah Yeah. so wow So, growing up on the East Coast, you really never get a chance to see a dark night sky. You know, you're not really looking up because all the bright lights down here on Earth. But when I saw the craters on the moon for the first time, it just kind of changed everything for me. And that's when I knew I, I wanted to share that same view with as many people as possible, no matter what. Because if it can impact even... One tenth of one percent of the people who look through the telescope—I mean, that's that's totally worth it.
1: But I'm
2: curious because you're talking about how that was your first time looking through looking through it with your with your brother, but he had already been into it, so you are, had to know that you know this was your brother's thing. You. You didn't try and bring Brendan along, or you were just like, ah, just Bill's just looking, looking well, through his looking glass again.
5: We were we were on different paths. Um, Bill was going to school to become an optical engineer. I was working in hospitality. Um, you know, optics is is the is the way into the into space. Right. And it, it wasn't until I got together with him and got to you know look through his nice pair of binoculars that I, it was kind of like, oh wow, like that has been up there my whole life. And I'm just now seeing it, and it's so beautiful. And it it just makes me reflect on Earth. And uh, it was just really special. And and ever since then, um, I've just been learning a whole bunch about space so we could, in in return, share it with the people on the streets. And
2: Bill, you were probably like, I've been telling you, dog. I've been telling you the moon hot. (laughs) Oh,
6: absolutely. (laughs) There's so many things you don't uh, appreciate until you you don't have access to it anymore. it was pretty dark where we we lived on Long Island. Uh, but I, I don't remember ever looking up much, as strange it is as mm. it is. I look up more now in philly and, and try to remember what I'm missing right than I, than I did when I could walk outside and see it. And it, you know it, it's it's really strange we're entering this this age where uh, there's so much new to do in terms of space exploration. but from the perspective of of you and I, you know we're at half of earth's population now living in cities so the everyday experience of living in a universe that is disappearing that's true
1: yeah just just looking up i mean you go 20 minutes outside of the city and it's a completely different sky and that's still polluted sky right 20 minutes outside the city might you know from our perspective be pretty close but it's still not you know the woods somewhere yeah. you know Go ahead, Dante. What's up?
0: Uh, just two questions. Um, actually, uh, somebody asked one to know, what is your favorite uh, sci-fi moon book or show? And then also, um, when's the next time the moon's going to be out with a telescope? I'm not sure. That was a question. That's how it was asked. Or out. Probably the moon uh, men I, I guess, will be I, I out with a that telescope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just real, just something from Cypher. Because I actually watched Ad Astra, and like what you're talking about sounds like the same thing they did in Ad Astra, like, where they had like the ladder of... Uh, like kind of like, I guess it was like a ladder or a delivery way from Earth. And then when they were going to Jupiter, they had a port that was on the moon, but on the opposite side, on like the dark side of the moon, they had like a, another shuttle that they could launch from there that can go out further. So it kind of like with this artist's mission, it kind of sounds like that from the movie.
5: So. Look, real life is, is totally becoming sci-fi more and more every day. Um, you know, talk about a, a moon base. Um, permanent space station on the moon, like we're, it, it's uh, it's pretty mind blowing, honestly. We've
6: got flying cars. We've got uh, we've got the moon base coming up, but uh, I still want my time machine. I think it's coming. Like that's it. Looks
3: like everything's just headed that way. Technology is great.
5: Also, to answer the other question, um, we we set up our telescope on South Street whenever the sky is clear. Okay. Um, and it's almost like we joke about it being our, our, our bat sign, our Batman sign. Uh, if the moon is out, we'll be there. I even have um, the these business cards that we made by hand. And our motto from that, from that time was, on 4th and South when the moon is out. And we stuck by it. And even if that meant that, you know seven, eight, nine days a, a month when we have clear skies and the moon is overhead, we're doing it no matter what. Is there a set time? Uh, sundown. Actually, if you, if you see us on South Street around 6 p.m., we'll be looking at Venus, which oh. is, uh, looks like a very bright star low mm-hmm. in the sky. And when you look a little closer, it looks like a, a little like a half-crescent half
6: moon. Venus has phases too. Galileo really? figured that out. Just his w- one little piece at a time. Uh, it's it's the it it's the same for the same reason. It's uh, right. the way the sunlight illuminates.
1: Huh. And and you can tell the difference between a star and a planet because stars twinkle, planets don't. That's, That's it, right? Yeah. Blam! Bingo! Bongo! You know why stars twinkle, Len, and planets don't? No, why? I bet you we don't. Because planets reflect the sun. Right. So that's a constant stream of light that mm-hmm. we are able to witness in phases because of how things rotate. Yes. Whereas stars, the twinkling that we're seeing is a combination of the fluctuation of the gases that they're putting out in any given frequency. Yes, yes, and yes. whatever uh, planets are in those systems, uh, in you know, orbiting in front of it. And plus it takes, you know, hundreds so of thousands longer. of years for, for light to get to us anyway. So the light that we're seeing from a star has been generated. You know hundreds of thousands of years ago yes and all of it's all those things that flicker in between us and it in that time that's why planets don't twinkle because they don't generate the light they reflect it and stars twinkle because they generate light and stuck
6: it in the way that's it Mm. bernard what's your favorite sci-fi movie (laughs)
1: He just Uh, watch sci-fi. He's like, I do science for real.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I've got a I've got a short story actually. I'm I'm a big Isaac Asimov fan. Okay, nice. Um, He's got a short story called "The Last Question." Hmm. So, um, you know, we we've got these super intelligent computers. You can speak into a microphone. You know, hey Google. You know, but no Google back then. So Mm -hmm, you ask mm -hmm. the computer a question. It gives you an answer someone asks uh, what happens when all the stars go out you know basically when, when is the universe going to end and the computer replies back there is uh, not yet sufficient data for a meaningful answer and uh, I really don't want to spoil the ending but you basically have to wait until the universe ends to find out how the universe ends I mean is, it makes is sense how he writes that story interesting
1: huh you don't like any science fiction, Brennan?
5: I enjoy science fiction. I just, uh, I can't really put a move, my favorite um, sci fi movie. That, let's what? What about some you like?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like top three. Top five, top three. Somewhere in that ballpark.
3: Like, are you like an uh, Armageddon kind of person? Are you like an abyss? Do you what like about, a
1: sphere? What about the core, right? That's highly rated. <laughs> right? You, I mean, because that can go. That can go. That can go any kind of direction. That can go uh, space thrillers like Alien and, and Event Horizon and uh, that whole genre. That could go or
2: it could go off the beaten path like uh, Bill did with a short yeah, a short story. It,
1: it could go. It could go Philip K. Dick with like do androids dream of electric sheep? A.K.A. Blade Runner.
5: Honestly, my my best answer to this. Um, the the sci-fi content that I enjoy the most are the two to three hour long documentaries on YouTube that outline the entire evidence of alien life here on <laughs> Earth, <laughs> and I can I that can I can get really wrapped up in one of those. Um, there was even one about the moon landing, uh, and how like the alien uh, uh, this astronaut said that he saw the, the craft um that's what i really like um i just i go down that that ancient alien really. yeah ancient alien stuff i mean all kinds of conspiracy videos um but uh, you know when i when i was younger i was i was on one of these videos and it was is uh the moon landing is a hoax right and i was like and i, I watched the whole thing i was you know obviously being brainwashed by the content and i thought you know did we land on the moon um, and it's a really interesting thing. And also with the uh, the flat Earth videos, I mean, you, yeah, I yeah. know, yeah, roll, roll eyes, yes, absolutely. Um, but it's it's just wild how you just you just kind of like tune into something, and at the end of it, you start to question, you know, fact that has been around That's true. for millennia, uh, maybe not millennia, but a long time. I guess you can even say the earliest civilizations on Earth really had a great understanding of the universe. Um, and to backtrack to Flat Earth, we have that conversation on South Street, maybe more or as much as you'd expect us to.
3: Really? What? I can't believe it, right, especially cool. on South Street. All right. I'm, gl- I'm glad you said that because I, I, I've been wanting to go here. Oh, so here I'll we just, go. just a question, though. Here we go. So don't judge me. It's I didn't want to show question. off my T-shirt, but I just wanted to ask. <laughs> so how do you know the moon isn't flat? Has anybody ever asked that before? Oh we
6: yeah we've been asked that before.
3: Okay, cool. I'm I'm asking that.
5: How you know the moon ain't flat, yo? (laughs) Well, when you're when you're looking at it, you you can totally see evidence that it's a sphere. I mean, the way that the the phase of the moon falls on its surface, and then when you look closely, you can see, um, you know, things around in the in the front. You you can see those details more than the things around the outside. I mean, just like um, I'm not convinced. When when you look at this when the if, when you look at the sun through a telescope, which is essentially can you do that? You I thought you couldn't look at the sun. You, you special lenses for that. You oh, essentially right. are are slapping a piece of. Yeah, you
2: do know, army um, commercials for those videos, the sunglasses
1: that actually it's not can, those sunglasses.
6: Ready? Oh, I <laughs> were, go ahead. I'm sorry, Brandon. You can put eclipse. <laughs> you can put basically eclipse glasses on a telescope and then safely look at the sun. But yeah, you, I think you can see evidence that the sun is a sphere as
5: well. Um, Bill and I have personally went to the moon. We, we've, we've no, the sun. We, oh, excuse we've, me. We've been all around uh, all around space with our telescope, but we've seen evidence that the Earth is a sphere. I mean, it's as simple as going to um, a large body of water, right? Uh, to sea level, to the level with the water, and then going up maybe twenty feet. I mean, climb a ladder, right? At at, at the top of the ladder, you'll see to the other side of the body of water. At the bottom of the ladder, the water will be obstructing your view of the other side. And that's the curvature of the earth. Um, You know, that that doesn't exactly register with people on the streets. Um, There are a lot of things. I mean, have you ever recommended like a moon, like
3: moonrise or sunset? Like that doesn't sell it for people either?
5: Yeah, like it's it's daytime here, it's nighttime there. T- how do time zones work? Right. Yeah, I, I talked to
6: someone who is really not on board this with planet? time zones. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like the fact that it's, it's daytime right now in, in China, you can't have that on a flat earth. So it must not be true. Unless... <laughs> Unless, Unless it's not true. Oh, jeez. Like, like
3: like I went to South Korea when I was 15. They're 13 hours ahead of us. And not only are it it daytime there. It's Friday there. It's the future <laughs> on the other side of the planet right now. Tell them that. It's
1: I always right. feel like
3: cuz I had a time
1: machine. I had right? the misfortune of dating oh, a guy. Yes, tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> he was a flat earther and I had no idea. We had have been on a couple of dates. It's already too late. Yeah, he yeah, waited to pull it out. It was it was this time last year actually because I was jazzed from what some show that we had last year talking about the ISS and I was like we're doing all these things and the ISS is getting bigger and blah 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 and this is happening this is happening and he was just like yeah I don't know and I was like what do you what do you mean
3: <laughs> like what, do you, what, what what do you what mean don't you, know? you don't know
1: he was just like I just you know I don't know if all that is true and i said what all oh, what is true like what do you mean like the earth rotates yeah, he was like, like i just don't they, know they, they were in space right now he was like i just you know kind of think the earth is flat and i was just like Ooh. like that's not a <laughs> difference of opinion pause. that's not you know hey this green sock is more olive than kelly it's still a green sock you know what i mean right. like it's i was like, like no that's not a sock that's a glove bro i <laughs> I was like, there's an actual like the ISS has a feed. It's twenty four seven. You can literally watch the Earth rotate on its axis. He's like, how do we know that that's not a thing? I said, cool. Tell you what, take a Have walk. Never been in a plane. Never mind. I, I was like, even. I was like, yo, hey yo, look, 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 look. Take a walk. Right. Mm-hmm. Just keep walking. And if you come up from the opposite direction. If you don't fall off, right? If you if you fall off, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Obviously, the Earth's flat because you fell off the surface. But mofo, if you come back around the opposite direction that you started from, we fighting because that's because <laughs> that's right there. There's no way. There's no there's no effing way. So I can only like, bro. I'm literally showing you a thing through a thing. Like there's no tricks up my sleeve. This is a my telescope. Have like, to like, be lying. That ain't true.
5: Oh, there's we, we've a good one. All. NASA, the government. Yeah, I've you can't heard. Can't trust them. I had someone try to argue that NASA in Hebrew means deception and lies. And it was, this was actually a pretty confrontational person, but it turns out um, that's not true. Uh, NASA in Hebrew means uh, to lift. Nash. Nash. Oh, that was just his argument because you didn't know Hebrew. Nashaw means to lie and deceive. Ah. So it's like you know you can spin it however you want, and maybe you you know th- my diagnosis is, and maybe you you uh, saw this from this guy that you were uh, talking to. Thank you for cleaning that up. I appreciate you. <laughs> Yeah, the, you know, uh, a fr- the, your friend. No, um, no, no. We are not friends. Okay. We yeah. were Luke talking. We were talking. We talking right. ways. You were right the first I time. Not <laughs> keep. Okay. Hey, he has
3: been blocked. He does not follow me. I take it back.
5: <laughs> um, the, the people who subscribe to this theory, they think that they've unco- uncovered the greatest lie ever told. And that makes you feel pretty special, right? You're in on it. Yeah. Everyone else isn't. Um, so you kind of can't really do anything about it at the end of the day science is all about being a skeptic so you know it's all about asking the questions and that's a good thing um but from what bill and i have definitely noticed is once once they're there you can't really pull them back out Mm -hmm. Uh, which is which is fine um you know a friend of mine subscribed to the theory a really good friend of mine um from school until he started taking pictures of the milky way and that, that, that was easy
6: for him mm. to uh, be like, what? Well, oh, it, that was enough to turn James' mind. It, <laughs> I've seen it, you know. Like, um, right, right. And, and so, you know, this is lack of a, it, it's lack of night sky, it's lack of experience in, in a lot of ways. You can read that the Earth is round uh, in a textbook, uh, but there are, there are ways also, if you're looking carefully, to experience that. So we, we believe that science belongs to everyone. That's why we're bringing it out into the streets and trying to share what we can. Uh, because for, for most people, right, your your first look was in Philadelphia. That's right. Most people we meet have never looked through a telescope before.
1: Yeah. yeah I can believe it. And, and yours was pretty, uh, your, your telescope is pretty impressive. I got to say. There's it's- nothing like walking out of Taco Tuesdays at T-Mom's. And then, boom, legit telescope, complete with a set of handlers.
2: <laughs> and I think, I think it's worth it. I know we, we, we weren't thinking about doing this, but it, for those who are listening and watching on YouTube, um, it might be um, enlightening for them to see, you know, if we could real quick, because they said it would be real quick to set up their, their telescope, um, exactly what we're talking about. We're not talking about, like, some great big, you know, a rector set type of
6: thing.
1: Observatory level.
6: Right. The the moon is out right now. We brought the telescope to the studio. We're we're locked and loaded at all times.
2: Yeah. And uh and stay and stay tuned, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because after the show we will be going to Facebook Live where we'll actually uh set up the telescope outside and, and do a little bit of viewing. So.
1: Facebook Live or IG Live. Something live. Okay. I will definitely do IG live. Okay. All right. I'm not saying we can't do Facebook live. I just, I can't do it. Okay. I'll give like okay. you guys a sneak peek Okay.
5: the scope. So Ooh. this, this <laughs> is our telescope. Um, you know, it's, it's compact. This is a wow. refractor telescope, um, kind of like the one that Galileo made.
6: Galileo wishes he had this. Galileo wishes sure. he had this.
5: Um, you know, this, get, this gets us like six times closer than Galileo was able to see. Um, so his his max was twenty times closer. Um, with the equipment we have, we can go up to a hundred and thirty times. Oof. So that's uh, and we mm. normally don't even need to go that close. I mean that's that's kind of overkill. Um, so we we usually stay around fifty times magnification. And that looks like no. I've seen thermoses that are bigger than that.
2: <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> don't don't don't, don't so throw, throw, throw.
1: Oh, trust fall. <laughs> and if you, don't, if you don't mind me asking
2: just so people can get a get a sense of we got a sense of the scale there like like for a telescope of that power of that caliber like what
6: are we talking about price wise Well uh, that that is a telescope that has really well traveled it's it's basically indestructible um, I I think you're looking at about uh two thousand dollars for for that guy mm-hmm. but don't be scared because you in other types of telescopes you can get started you know especially if you look secondhand one hundred dollars to okay yeah, three hundred okay. um one of the telescopes we have is actually 100 percent assembled from the affiliates thrift store get out of here really oh, it's our thrift scope and hey i see what you did there yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that's my it's one of my favorites because it's so small and compact. Um, I scored that for fifty bucks. So there you go. Got to keep your eyes out. There so you do
1: you? So refraction telescopes are the way to go for moon gazing.
6: Um, refractors are on the more expensive side usually, but they're you know in a lot of situations nothing compares. Yeah,
5: in, in a city especially, um, a, a smaller refractor is is better because. Um, a reflector telescope, which is the one with the mirror in it, uh, you know, uh, invented by Isaac Newton, that lets a lot of stray light in, so it's almost pointless. Now, now having that design is good if you're in a dark sky because you want to let light in, but in a light polluted place, um, it's kind of no use for it.
1: So, refractions for the city, reflectors for the country. Or did I have it backwards? Yeah, you said yeah, right. yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Cool. Nice. I like mnemonic. Uh, devices, yeah, yeah, yes, cool, 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 guys. This is thrilling. I'm really excited.
5: Yeah,
6: yeah. We, We've got uh, you know plenty of story. Tele- telescopes have stories to them. Um, you know, there's one called the Dobsonian. They okay. look kind of like huge cannons. Those are usually the the cheaper kinds that you can get, but you know they they're still very powerful for the price. And that type of telescope was invented by uh, a Berkeley chemist and Hindu monk. Huh. Wow. Really? Um, So this is John Dobson I'm talking about. He was one of the original sidewalk astronomers. He would set up his telescope so often that they kicked him out of the monastery because they didn't believe that was all he was doing at night.
3: Huh. Uh, You got to be doing something else. Ain't nothing up in that
1: sky. What you really doing? Looking at it? <laughs> 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 looking, <laughs> just looking, I'm just looking, just looking. Can I look? No,
6: no,
3: no, no. no. Get out. Look at
6: guy. <laughs> I, I'm trying. That's why I'm out here. So they they kicked him out, and he spent the rest of his life, um, San Francisco and a, around the world as well, just setting up his telescope. He he really believed that everyone deserves to know what the rest of the universe looks like. It's not. It doesn't look like Earth. Nope. Sure doesn't yeah and he Dobson you
5: know he, he kind of pioneered the whole sidewalk astronomy thing inventing a telescope that was not only easy to use but cheap to make and extremely powerful right he took Newtonian's design and just slapped it on a cannon mount so I mean just just on that merit um, great great work that he did but he also had a lot of spiritual things behind behind this that he would talk about um, you know on Earth, we understand the the sky, the clouds. We understand rain, grass, uh, a dog, cat, um, you and I. But when you look up and you see the rings of Saturn, there's nothing really in your brain already that can like put put something to it. Um, and and it's something special. But even even. The, the night sky has been guiding humanity for millennia right From the very beginning we used it to navigate. we based our earliest religions off of it. Um, planted crops by it. yeah we when we to plant the crops, when to you know slaughter the, the sheep and, and so on. Um, but only very recently have we not been able to see it. So the telescope is the reminder that we're living in a universe and I, and I know I touched upon this earlier. Um, but almost now that we have telescopes, you know, the
6: universe is not lost. You just need a telescope to find it. And this is, uh, you know, uh, most astronomers love outreach, um, but uh, a lot of astronomers will not set up in, in, the, in the city centers because you do need those darker night skies to see, again, outside the solar system, to see um, clusters of stars and other galaxies, the Milky Way, for example. All the professionals, the, the professional astronomers... Long time ago, they they've left for the deserts and the islands of the world. You're yeah. never going to see them again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, just y- you step outside of you go into the county, and it's a different sky. So you can only imagine going out into the, the, the islands and the deserts where there's where there's nothing. Um, just going to the shore, right? Going
6: to the beach and looking up at night. Right, looking over the ocean is completely no other lights. Completely different ball wax. Um, there's a fun story
5: from uh, from Los Angeles. So I think it was a, maybe a decade ago. There was a huge power outage in in Los Angeles. Oh, I know what you're trying to say. I know pe- this one. People were calling the police. They had they received thousands and thousands of calls because people thought that the universe was was actually an alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really goes to show, like how you know, <laughs> like what year was this? It was it was like a dec- the 90s, about, wasn't it? yeah maybe in the 90s um, I mean I remember I remember as a kid seeing the universe um, I was young but there was a power outage in New York and I saw it for the first time and it was it was pretty freaky um, but you know like I said for the entirety of human existence this is something we've all been able to see so it's just funny how people would actually be afraid of it upon seeing it for the first time <coughs>
6: even think about center city 150 years ago before the proliferation of the electric light bulb yeah mm-hmm. i mean th- this there was no such thing as going out to a dark night sky you just you could look up wherever
1: and mm-hmm. see it mm. but then the, the the telescope capabilities weren't as great back then not that you like you like you said not that you need something you know grant worthy in order to see something but I imagine back then people didn't have access to telescopes in the same way that we do now, you know, because you can even look up something on YouTube or Wikipedia on how to build a, a, yeah, yeah. like a a rucksack of of a telescope and something that'll get the job done, right? But it's not going to be as effective as something.
6: Yeah, probably the only people that had their hands on telescopes. Uh, to say 150 years ago, were the people, of course, building them th- themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was no such thing as uh, you know Telaview or or Orion, any of these popular brands, or uh, probably people were, were reading you know Newton to figure out how to build a Newtonian.
1: You're right. So we've got a question in the YouTube
6: chat. First of all, shout
1: out to the people who are watching us on YouTube. Thank you very much for your comments. Um, the question is, have you gotten a chance to go to any other countries with your telescopes? And I know the answer to this.
5: We, we, we did a tour this summer of, uh, of Europe with, with this telescope um, and we landed in Rome in May and we finished up in Copenhagen. Uh, With this telescope strapped to our bikes, we set it up in all the different light-polluted cities along the way and stumbled upon some astronomy history, which was uh, really special. And when I say stumbled upon, we ended up um, along the way in Middleburg, where we were staying for the night, and somebody said, hey, did you know the telescope was invented here? We didn't know. Like in that city? In that city.
6: Middleburg. Netherlands. Wow. Middleburg, Netherlands. And uh, we were totally shocked. And, and then next thing you know, our host is, she's on the phone making an appointment for us. Okay, you're going tomorrow to, to see the telescope. Wow, yeah. the, f- the first, the first telescope? telescope ever made? Well, it doesn't exist anymore, but we we, you know, we uh, saw some old ones. Mm. Um, and we, we visited the site of the house. We visited the site where the telescope was invented. Wow. Yeah.
5: Hans Lipperhey. Um, invented the telescope in Middleburg. Shout out to Hans. Over 400 years ago, uh, actually, year 1608, um, he called it the spyglass. Huh. Um, it's not exactly confirmed if he used it for astronomy, but <laughs> it was only...
1: He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got his name uh, for a you. reason. Um, he, he was Hans a t- was a little there.
5: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, only, it wasn't only um, two years later that Galileo built his and was discovering the moons of Jupiter... Um, Craters on the moon you know uh, Venus etc. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like all these other things. Yeah. Wow. Cool. 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 So best case scenario resources funding personnel none of that is an obstacle no expense spared. Where would your ideal place be to take your mission your project?
5: Well there's actually one really cool project um, that we're, we're currently working on, which is putting on a street fair in South Philly. We've uh, partnered up with the Da Vinci Art Alliance to put on a art and science festival um, October of 2020, and uh, we're we're trying to incorporate an astronomy into that. But you know, if if um, funding and all that were an option, we're talking more telescopes on more street corners. Um, light pollution advocacy, right? Pay somebody to turn the damn lights off, right. or at least not install a thousand LEDs in the city in the next uh, couple of years. Um, and and since outreach is our passion, it would just look like as much of that and as and as big of that as, as we can do.
6: Yeah, uh, more telescopes on on more street corners. It's about a little more than just astronomy for us. It's, it's really the chance to meet our neighbors, uh, both in our neighborhood and in our city at, at large. Uh, we, we've met so, so many people uh, for, from all walks of life, and we've all heard them say, wow, when they see the moon for the first time. And what that makes me imagine is, is kind of like us. We, we set up a telescope outside of, on the street corner where we live, if there were more people doing this than there are throughout the city, um, if we could get this going in more and more communities, we'd love the way the telescopes transform public spaces and and just provide safe ways to talk about science, to ask questions, to find out.
1: Yeah, I think think that's the most remarkable thing about what you all do. Um, So many of us have just been programmed at this point to think that you can't see anything in the sky unless you go out of the city um so to be posted up not only in a major city but south street's b- bright as heck now like it's, it's very well lit so for the two of you to be posted up there and be able to provide such amazing images of the cosmos it, i can imagine how that could be altering for some people it's interesting that you guys want to I, I i kind of asked that question thinking that you would go a different direction with that so i i I love the fact that your your end game is to 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 reach as many people as possible instead of what I would do or what I would hope for, which is discover something new. Um, wow. Named after you? Yeah, I mean, I I have a star named after me already. And that's not what it is. Um, but just you know, just to discover something new, right? To, I mean, you post up enough uh telescopes you're gonna find something right or at least start putting patterns together things that you don't that you see a lot of or things that you don't see very frequently of or things that are sporadic i don't know i I would just be i'd be looking for for new things i'd be looking for the iss every night that i post up because you
6: can see it if you catch it at the right time um very interesting about the iss you can even look through binoculars, and if you if you have a steady hand, if you catch it at the right angle, you can see the solar panels. Wow! It's yeah. not that far away. It's about a hundred miles up, so yeah, New York is about the same drive. Last time I saw the ISS, without you know looking at it through a computer
1: or something, was in college during my astronomy course, mm. and one night our professor took us out and had us look up for it, and I, I think I was like one of two people that actually gave a crap about astronomy in that class. Everybody else was just taking it to take it. Um,
6: That's amazing you can schedule clear skies like that.
1: Well, I went to school up in the mountains, so you know, it just happened to, to work out that way. You want to talk lack of light pollution, holy mm. cats. It was like, mountains. yo... It, it, any any given planetarium show that you've been to is doo-doo compared to seeing it from the pennsylvania mountains i, I just gotta say north of the poconos that's where it's at anyway um you know he it just happened to be a clear night and he just happened to line it up so that you know it was passing in our general vicinity on that night and you know it, it could have been if i didn't know it was the iss it would have looked like a satellite you know what i mean or or plane flying overhead or something like that but it was a way that it it was moving
6: Right, right, you know. So you see a star in the sky; it's very bright, but wait, it's not a star. It's moving. There's people. On yeah, there.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
6: oh
5: it's a, it's a fun thing just to point out to people because honestly, people don't even they can see that and not even really figure out what it is. Um, It's actually the third brightest thing in the night sky after the, well, not in the night sky, but after the sun and the moon, ISS is uh, number three. Wow. Its uh, its solar panels are as big as a football field. Right. um, And it revolves around the earth about every 95 minutes. So it is rocketing through space um and when when you can point it out everyone gets really excited because um maybe they've never actually noticed it before
6: right so discover something new in a lot of ways we are discovering something new with with everyone who's seeing this Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe has even seen it and didn't know what it was when they were looking how do you feel
1: overall about us going to mars do you think it's superfluous do you think it's necessary are
5: you are you indifferent? I I think it's it's good. I mean, it, uh, I space travel is cool. Like I I really think it's it's super cool. Um, one thing I don't like is when people are like, oh well, Earth is fucked. Let's just make it Mars into an Earth. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. it's okay. Keep going. Uh, we'll just send you the bill. You know, right? <laughs> Not that bill. Different bill. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Earth is in Earth is in peril. Earth is in rough shape, um, but it is it is our only home, really. So to say that, like, oh, we're just gonna go live on Mars, um, it's just kind of like missing the point a little bit. Right. And and also, it's uh, more
2: than a little bit. Yeah, more than a little bit. And (laughs) it's
5: it's logistically uh, super tough to have a long term colony on Mars. I mean, I don't know how...
6: uh, What's the the carbon footprint on that? I know, know,
3: right? (laughs) Yeah, let's just be honest. If we make it to Mars, we all ain't making it to Mars, period.
2: But look, ain't none of us going to make it to Mars if we make it to
6: Mars. And like you said, that's missing the entire point. I I like Earth. It's still a pretty nice place to live. It is. It's a very nice place. It's kind of cool
1: not having to bring your oxygen with you everywhere.
6: However, However, you go outside without a whole suit? Right,
1: 75 pounds. Speaking of suits, they made new suits for the Artemis mission. I thought that was really neat. I don't think we've had a new a new space suit in a long time. I'm glad you brought up suits. Yeah, there's Where's there's two different new suits. What suit? uh, a super suit? One of them is the landing and launching suit, which is the orange guy with the extra shoulder articulations so that you can, you know, breathe and stuff when leaving and, and re-entering the atmosphere. And it's bright orange so that uh, extraction crews can see them if they have to leave the module for whatever reason once they land. Um and then there's the new red white and blue. They look like coats oh, Merka's spacesuit. It really looks like propaganda. And it's it looks uh, like a color- no capes. No capes. No capes. No capes, but it's you space know It's capes. Very very red white and blue like it is Merka's spacesuit here. I, don't know. I think cape's go. Especially the galaxy far far away. Cape's work. I don't know. We'll see. if there, Maybe if there's solar panel, that'd be cool. That would be hot. You know, the cape solar cape. <laughs> solar cape. Solar cape. Solar cape. Um, in this new model, it's the backpack there where I always thought was going to be with the oxygen and, and stuff. No, it's a tin in there. It's how you get in.
3: Oh, that's how you get in the suit. That's yes, the hatch.
1: That is the, the hatch now. I'm trying to find a, a good example of it.
6: yeah um, because it's really, it's really bizarre. Right, because uh, when, when you suit up, when the Apollo astronauts suited up, they were fitted by entire teams. Yeah. Entire teams of people just to put uh, your clothes on. And they said that
1: the zippers to secure, like, the gloves and, and whatever else that they had to put on were just not feasible, right? They worked, yeah, that's not, yeah, but so, getting so out we of needed it.
3: needed new suits. Yeah. You can't dress yourself then, you know,
1: you can't, you
3: know, wake up on the moon and be like, oh, time to go to Mars. So, yeah, we can't have a whole team of people just to get you dressed.
1: You can see by the image here, it's easy like it's big enough in the back where, like, the person walks in. They don't have to worry about putting the helmet on so or wearing the cap. This orange one here is for launch and landing. That's so you can and breathe and stuff. And it's orange so that if. Or exploration. Yes. This is an EVA suit, an extra vehicular activity suit. Gotcha. As opposed to the extraction suit. Okay, more like a flight suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like I said, the biggest thing is that you can walk into it from the back, um, and that you don't have to wear a cap anymore. Because exactly. I mean, you probably do have to wear like a hairnet type keep of thing to keep down. your hair down. But um, the the microphone and the earbuds aren't in the cap anymore. They're in. It's, it's more. Cool it's thing. more like a stereo kind of situation here. Speaker um sound. Okay. Yeah. And like I just said, the, the points of articulation are different, so it's easier for the person to do what they have to do as opposed to...
3: Now, would I need a special attachment for my beard? Because I don't want it, you know, <laughs> just tucked up on They'd my neck. They
1: probably make you trim that. The way they get... With firefighters. Firefighters can have long beards because they're masks. a mask on the face. But
3: they don't wear a mask. They just got the whole suit. I mean, the whole head. They got the Mysterio on the head, so that way they don't <laughs> the need... The Mysterio! Right, they got the whole Mysterio bowl, so they don't need the face mask.
1: Now, I imagine that would, that could be cumbersome, because think about it. Your you're fluids collect in your beard, right? Whether that's spittle or snot or... No, my beard be dry. Ain't no fluids in my beard? No. No fluids in Bro, the beard. The beard what, is what's dry. what's this then? You you think that's the so hair. And plus, and plus, as black white. people, we need fluids in our beard so to keep it moisturized. You don't want to... Ashy beard. I mean, if you're in space, I think my ashy beard,
3: the least of my words. <laughs> I got bigger problems because I got to go for the spacewalk and I lost a shoe. So I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I had a team when I left Earth. Now I got I lost a shoe. I'm on my own. I don't know what to do. non sequitur. can't just hop it. You know.
1: Has anyone seen Love uh, Love Sex and Robots? Yes. Death. Yes. death da, love. Death. Love. Death. Love. love, death, and and love death and robots. Yes. The scene where the woman had to take off her arm. Oh yeah. To in per- space. yeah Yeah. I was like, well, I was ready to go to Mars. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I'm that committed. (laughs) I was all about colonizing Ganymede. Now I'm a little... If it costs an arm and a leg. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) All right, so we have a little bit of time left. Where can folks find out about everyone's favorite
5: Philly Moon Men? We're on the, uh, the social medias. Um, usually when we pop up, uh, we will post to our Instagram story, uh, which also goes to Facebook. Um, it's it's uh, 99% of the time on 4th and South. Um, that's, that's where we got our start. And uh, there used to be a Starbucks on that corner. That's closed down. So we occupy the vacant storefront. Um, you know, definitely on Instagram is the best way to reach us. Uh, you could even send us a DM and and say, "Hey, are you out?" or "Or I'm on South." Where feet. you at? Where are you, you at? You up?
6: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to see some moon. Moon at you up? Right,
1: um. right, right, right.
6: <laughs> it, it's a little bit of work to track us down sometimes because um, we, we've had five or six um, plans scheduled events this year, and uh, every single one has been cloudy. Mm. So the, the best nights that we've ever had. You know, keep it secret. Don't don't jinx it. Just show up when it's clear. Gotcha. Yeah. And if you see the moon and we're not there,
5: just uh, drop us a line. And we'll... Uh, now, is this like every night of the week or like weekends? When, whenever it's clear. We both actually quit our full-time jobs to pursue this. To and, do this. And, you know, it doesn't pay, so it's not like a forever thing. Um, you know, th- there's actually one story of uh, this guy who... His grandma always used to say, love you to the moon and back. Well, one night he he DM'd me on on Instagram and he said, "Hey, I see the moon. Um, if I come down," he lived in a, a Fish Town. He said, "If I come down to South Street, will you set up your telescope?" Um, and I said, "Absolutely, of course." He gets down there, um, and the whole grandma thing comes into play. Hey, my, my grandma always used to say, I "Love you to the moon and back." And this guy is looking at the moon. He's crying, and it was so beautiful. Wow! And we will set up the telescope for anyone who just wants to see it. So. Uh, you know, I think I think maybe... So no touching grandma stories required. The, the, yeah, no. Um, but the, I think we've been trying to get the point across that we love to do this and, you know, we'll do it uh, for, for anyone and everyone.
1: Real quick, there's a... It looks like there's a GoFundMe on your website, phillymoonmen.org, where folks can find out more about your mission, your partners, your calendar, all that fun stuff. What is this GoFundMe
6: for? Right, so we, we've been able to purchase a couple of... Uh, New telescopes with this, and uh, you know it. It was. It's really in hope that we can get more people to join us um, on the same street corner, on on different street corners. Um, special equipment to be able to look at the sun. Gotcha. Um, you know, there, there's background checks involved with with going to schools. It costs a little bit of coin to have the FBI look you up. Mm. Yeah. True. That's true. That's true. Uh,
1: it's- All right. So so the time has come. Bill and Brendan, Brendan and Bill, for you to declare yourselves one with Triple Nation. So, we talked about it. We talked about where your geek lies and what that can mean for you. We have the creator of the oath of the Philly Triple Oath of Religion, I guess uh, all yeah. all Triple Oaths so of Allegiances. It's, it's national. Worldwide. Triple Nation. Yeah. Inter, inter, intergalactic Oath creator maybe. here to swear you in officially. But you got to tell us what your triple designation would be
6: and why. Okay, I I gotta go with I think I have to go with the, the light year. You know, the vast distances of space. Telescopes aren't just spaceships when you look out far, they're also time machines. Light takes so long to get here from other solar systems and other galaxies that you are looking back into what the universe looked like long, long times ago. Shout out to the Lightyear, the Lightyear Tribble. Nice. Do we have a Lightyear Tribble?
1: Oh, we're good to go. All right, Brendan,
5: your turn. First of all, it's an honor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, and this was this was pretty easy to come up with. Um, I would I would call myself the Sidewalk Astronomy Tribble, and and you know, from what we've been talking about, my introduction to astronomy was from the, a sidewalk. And, and so much has come out of it. And I, I, I found something that I am more passionate about than anything ever before in my life. And it's, it is the sidewalk astronomy, you know? There's nothing better than experiencing, witnessing the reaction of somebody seeing it for the first time, you know, whether it's, it's super, you know, uh, dramatic and exaggerated, or they say, hey, like, I've never seen that before, but You know, this is how it made me feel. And we've connected with thousands of people. um, And it's definitely something that I will be a sidewalk astronomer, sidewalk astronomy triple for the rest of my life.
1: All right. So sidewalk astronomy triple and light year triple. Those are good names, but they're not official until the master triple swears you in. So go ahead, Eric. You got it. All
3: right. I'm ready. So from here on out, all you have to do is repeat after me. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a, I'm a triple, triple furry. furry. I'm, I'm a, a triple, triple true. true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From, from the way, way I roll to from the way I cool. So shall it be fans. So shall it be done. Welcome. Lightyear triple and sidewalk
1: astronomy triple. Stand and be counted. Join the nation. Yes. Lightyear triple. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm surprised we don't have one already. Right. And sidewalk astronomy, Tribble. guys. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for doing this, yes. for dedicating your time, energy, effort, resources to spreading the good news of astronomy on the streets of Philadelphia and beyond. Thank you for coming out tonight. Um, I can't wait to look through your telescope. That sounds kinky, but look, literal. Like literally, I can't. I can't wait to see what, what's going on tonight. Uh, people find you at phillymoonmen dot org. Um, At all the social medias at Philly Moon Men, and we can find you. I guess whenever, whenever the moon's out and it's clear, you guys will be out there. Yeah,
5: that's it. Yeah, we try to.
1: Cool. Any last minute words?
5: Leonardo uh, da Vinci Fest coming October twenty twenty. Stay tuned. It's it's a fest for everyone, and we hope that uh, we'll see you all there. Cool. Cool. All right. Any last-minute words, Len? No. uh, This has
2: been a great show. uh, For your download streaming pleasure on all the places where you get all your best podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Stitcher Radio. Radio. And don't forget, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we will be returning with the second part, the finale, to the Men in the Trunk as we review Watchmen episode six through the conclusion, you do not want to miss this Black Tribbles and show mission mashup to close out 2019 next Thursday here live at 9 p.m. For all the troubles in here and all the troubles out there and parting,
1: we say hailing frequencies closed, Captain. <laughs> wow.